I feel like I feel like we're talking about a car guy who has you know all the 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 measurements. This this bad boy they're topping tapping their hood mm-hmm. goes from zero to sixty in two point seven seconds flat. Only it's the opposite. This bad boy went from 120 miles an hour to zero in two seconds flat. Yeah. In two weeks flat. Uh, Losing to UVA and Georgia Tech in back-to-back weeks is about as disappointing as you can be with all of that talent at North Carolina. And this is the ultimate – like, this to me is more insulting than if I were just to stand up here or, or sit here behind this microphone and say how terrible they are. If I were just to sit here and say North Carolina is not a good team, they're trash, the, their players aren't good, they haven't recruited well, their scheme is bad, to me that that would be painful, but it's also like that's just a hater move, right? The shame of it is, the more stinging part of it is, is I still right now think North Carolina is the second most talented team in the ACC. That should hurt way worse, Right? I still think the Tar Heels are the second most talented team in the ACC behind only Florida State, and they built their team in the portal almost entirely. So the the, the stinging part, right, the biggest, I don't know if it's insult or just the, the harshest truth, that's probably the way to say it, the harshest truth is that you are not getting the most out of your talent. And, and it's not the first time this has been North Carolina's story, right? There, there are other fan bases that will openly admit, rival fan bases, other ACC fan bases that will openly admit they do not and cannot recruit as well as the University of North Carolina can. But they will hang their hat on, but we develop our players better. Mm-hmm. We won't beat them in the recruiting rankings, but every time we match up on the field, it doesn't look like they're that much more talented than we are. That should sting. You are recruiting well. You are transfer portaling well. Let's not forget, like, the Tez Walkers, the Nate McCollums, they grabbed those guys out of the transfer portal. So not only are they recruiting well out of high school, Drake May, I don't know if people realize this, was a flip from Alabama. (laughs) That. That doesn't happen often, (laughs) right? Uh, Nick Saban letting one of the best recruits in the country slip through his fingers. Oh, by the way, this year they are – one of the things they're trying to overcome is a lack of elite talent at quarterback. Nick Saban let Drake May slip through the fingers because North Carolina grabbed and brought him to Chapel Hill. You're recruiting well. You're transfer portaling well. And you're losing to UVA and Georgia Tech in back-to-back weeks in horrendous fashion. Play the sound one more time. I like the way that went. Exactly. The lesson was not learned against UVA. The coaching staff has to answer for this. I say it often. I say it about every sport. I especially say it about college sports. Coaching and motivating is easier after a loss. Right? I've been in those locker rooms after bad losses, and, and what do you say? If we could bottle this up and make you taste it every week, if you could bottle up the feeling, the taste in your mouth after a horrendous loss and just give you a little bit of that taste after every win, you'd never fall for a trap game. You'd never lose a game you shouldn't. You'd never become lackadaisical or overconfident. 
Well, North Carolina, can you imagine what it what it felt like in that locker room after losing to UVA a week ago? You're at home. You let UVA, a team that came in dead last in so many ACC statistical categories, a team that was questioning everything. Tony Elliott, their coach, had yet to have any kind of semblance of a signature win, and they got it against you. In that locker room, Mac Brown and that coaching staff had to have all eyes laser trained on them. Right? Every coach, what do we do to make sure we never feel this way again? And somehow the coaching staff said, all right, listen to me. Here's what we fix. Here's how we go. Here's why we're going to be locked and loaded and ready to play at the beginning of that Georgia Tech game. They went out there, and what happened? The same darn thing. Drake May after the game on if it slipped away. Let's get the foot in the pedal. Um, you know, one drive stood out to me, I think. You know, after hitting Nesbitt over the middle, uh, we were up three, uh, ended up seven for a field goal, ended up missing. Um, just got to make something happen. Um, and at the end of the game, you know, we got a chance for a score, wins it. And I'm proud of myself, and if they get the ball back to me with a chance to win it, I got to go make a play, make something happen, and uh, kind of will this team to victory. So, um, at the end of the day, we, we got a chance. Um, we got to uh, make something happen on, on offense. You know, I feel like you're moving the ball, just little things, just little things here and there that um, end up biting us. You know, holdings were, were huge, you know, penalties. Um, had a few false starts. That's you know, just little things. I told the guys they were playing their butts off up front. Um, you know, we ran for 270 or something, um, throwing it around. You know, I felt like I was throwing it really good. Um, had a few low ones, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I felt like uh, we on offense. We got to you know, go and win at the end of the game. You know, I know Tez is a fluke play, but uh, just you know, praying for him and hope he'll be all right. By the way, Tez Walker did go to the hospital after the game, but it's been released all clear. Looks like it's going to be a positive ending there. Let's be clear, Drake May. The offense did your job. Yeah. 42 points. You heard him say would be run for 270. It was 267, but I'll, I'll you yeah, know, rounding error. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, threw it for 310. You scored 42 points. The defense could not stop Georgia Tech. Haynes King, their quarterback, I told you on Friday, if you let him hang around, he is good enough to beat you in the end. And I told you to just ask Miami. Turns out you didn't even let him hang around. You let him push you around all the way up until the end where he continued pushing you around. They didn't just let him hang around. They got pushed around. Haynes King was super effective passing the ball, and Dante Smith, their running back, along with Haynes King running the ball, were moving the ball on the ground at will. Over 200 yards in the fourth quarter alone on the ground for Georgia Tech. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Over 200 yards on the ground for Georgia Tech in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they were down, by the way. Yeah. Do you realize how disrespectful that is to a defense mm -hmm. when you are behind in the fourth quarter and you say, we are going to run the ball to get back? That means the clock is winding the entire time. There's no incompletions to stop the ball. Like, like, so much about that game was disappointing for the University of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And now you have to wonder whether whether you've just wasted Drake May's time on campus. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that in the next hour. So be sure to stick around because this North Carolina team has more questions to answer than we could possibly ask in, in the last 10 minutes. The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. Ice up, son. Ice up. Well played. Hey, UConn uh, uh, basketball fans. Go ahead. Ice up, son. Ice up. Cooper Flagg commits to Duke this morning. 
Duke basketball received a commitment from – this is – I have to admit, I double-checked it. Somebody in the office told me that this was the case, and I did not believe them until I went and saw it for my own eyes. No disrespect to the person that told me. It's just some things you have to see with your own eyes. So I encourage all of you to don't take my word for it. If you have to go Google it yourself, feel free. Duke basketball received a commitment from the highest-rated recruit in Duke basketball history this morning. Duke basketball is not – What? They are not a program that doesn't recruit well. Right? That, that is not like – every once in a while you hear, oh, the, the biggest recruit in, uh, uh, you know, like Travis Hunter going to Jackson State, right? He was the biggest recruit in Jackson State history. I'm like, that, that tracks. That makes sense. Well, yeah. He was a, t- a five-star recruit, and he goes to Jackson State. That makes sense. Every once in a while there's like, you know, somebody that grew up in uh, uh, Houston, right? And and they're playing for the highest-rated recruit in Houston history. I remember there was a big uh, off- or defensive lineman that went to Houston, uh, ended up getting in a feud with his own coach at some point in time at a, at a bowl game about jackets. I forget who it was. That's going to frustrate me. Uh, that was like Houston, like Cougars Houston. Highest-rated recruit in Houston history. That makes sense. Highest-rated recruit in Duke basketball history? Wait a, wait a, wait a minute. Right? I, Zion and that Jaleel Okafor class. and R.J. Barrett RJ was higher-rated than higher Zion. Rated than even, actually, I have the list. Uh, Cooper Flagg, who committed to Duke this morning mm-hmm. and is the highest-rated recruit in Duke basketball history. Again, look it up yourself. I had to. Is over in uh, according to two four seven sports highest rated all time Duke recruits and two four seven sports does their own rankings. They also do composite rankings, which is all of the other rankers. They they group them together and see you know so it's not just who they like. It's also who uh, the entirety of the quote unquote experts like uh, is over R J Barrett, Marvin Bagley, Josh McRoberts, if you remember the the name, and uh, Dennis's shoe buddy Derek Lively. Yes. And a whole bunch of the others, right? I mean, I could go on. Kyrie Irving. Like, all of the players that played for Duke, most of them were, I mean, number one overall recruits. They've had some studs. They didn't necessarily all turn out to be the best players. Some of them turned out to be better than they were anticipated. Paolo Boncaro was was up on that list. But they were not ranked as high as Cooper Flagg. John Shire should take a victory lap. This is not a normal commitment, and it will. It's like getting the quarterback to commit early in football. Now others will want to come play with him. If you're going to be on campus for one year, you're a one-and-done player, you want a chance to win a national championship in that year, Cooper Cooper Flag is that chance. Others may want, may want to stay put to play with him. Right, if you're looking at Jared McCain, if, if you're looking at Foster, Power, uh, Stewart, some of the, these freshmen that are just now getting to establish themselves on Duke's campus, if they don't get a chance to shine because Filipowski's still there, Proctor's still there, some of these other players are still there, they may want to hang around and be the veteran and play with Cooper Flagg. And make no mistake about it, I know this conversation we're having right now is upsetting some of you. This will be fun in the triangle. Duke's fans will be riding high, and they should. It's got a, a commitment from the number one recruit in the country. 
If that doesn't get you excited as a fan, I don't know what does. It's like getting the number one draft pick. It's like getting, uh, you know, uh, drafting some some unicorn. But guess what? Big tree fall hard as well. And I'm not talking about his size. I'm talking about his stature in the recruiting world. Carolina fans will want to knock that down. State fans will want to knock that down. And they just got a more interesting season beginning in 2024. Why? As I've said time and time and time again, the best movies, particularly action movies, superhero movies, Marvel movies, the best movies are only as good as their villain. You have a bad villain, mm-hmm. you don't have a good good uh, movie. No matter how cool the the hero is. So, let's be real. Unless you're a Duke fan, Duke's traditionally a pretty central casting villain. You add Cooper Flagg, it just became a real, credible threat villain. Right? The 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 other part, and we can actually stick with the Marvel the Marvel movies, right? Go on, <laughs> Dennis. Ears perk up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need like the problem actually, I, you know, I'll take a step back. Not even just Marvel superhero movies. Go on. Part of the problem I have with Superman movies is it almost never makes sense that whoever Superman is fighting against is like holding their own in a fight. Superman's almost too powerful. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, wait a second, this guy, this, this villain is supposed to like, just, just zippy dippy zap him. You know, you're stronger than him. Fire, fire, fire. Just beat him. But then somehow they got to make you know a two-hour movie out of it, so they they have to add something, and it it just never makes sense to me. It's why the best heroes, at least in my opinion, are ones that that match up relatively evenly with the villain until the end, when of course you want the hero to win, and unless it's a first part, then you know they're going to come back and get another shot. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm talking in generalities. Cooper Flag and Duke, Duke normally, but Duke with the number one overall recruit. That is a formidable opponent that you are going to have to, you know, there's going to be moments in the movie where you're like, I don't know if then they're going to win, <laughs> right? I mean, those are the best superhero movies where halfway through you're like, wow, I don't know if the hero is going to win. Then the, if they do, you're like, how did I not see it coming? It's good good storytelling. Yeah. If you're a Duke fan, you just got your hero. If you're hey, any, yeah. <laughs> If you're anybody else, you just got a very, very exciting to attack villain. Mm-hmm. That's good for basketball. That's good for basketball in the triangle. That's good for ACC. That's good for basically everything we're a fan of. Cooper Flag. Go watch some highlights. I said I said this last week. I mean, I, it has not happened in a while, but the Reggie Bush highlights, uh, OJ Mayo, Austin Rivers, um, the 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 Noel Devines, Tavon Austins. The, there are like fifteen highlight films throughout history that you can just get caught watching over and over again. Cooper Flag is pretty close. It hasn't happened in recent times because we're so desensitized to all the highlight films. Yeah. Uh, Mac McClung was another good one. Oh, uh, there you go. Go back and watch his high school highlight film, pretty nuts. Cooper Flag is one of them. Cooper Flag was down to uh, UConn and Duke, mm-hmm. and it was actually, speaking of how big of a thing this is, it was actually the lead story on ESPN today. Oh, th- over NFL is. news, yep. over any of that, Cooper Flag commits to Duke. That's crazy. It's wild. In the middle of football season. Football is king. Cooper Flag was on top. Is is are Duke fans on to basketball season now after losing to Louisville? Probably. Yeah. Pro- I, probably. They lose twenty three nothing to Louisville. Th- this is kind of funny, right? If you go back and look at Duke football's Twitter, mm-hmm. okay, not Duke overall athletics, not Duke basketball, not a Duke fan account. If you go back and look at Duke football's Twitter, and I hope this was real. I saw it on the internet, so it must be. Uh, of course. 
after they beat UConn, whatever it was, 41-3, to three, yeah, something along those lines, uh, with Cooper Flag in attendance as UConn's guest because his final two were Duke and UConn uh, for, obviously, basketball. But he was on campus at UConn that weekend for UConn. That was their their visit weekend. Uh, Duke won 41-3, and their football team posted Flag Planted uh, with a graphic after the win. Duke football was already kind of talking trash about basketball recruiting <laughs> after their, what was it, their second win of the season? I mean, it was very, very early on. And then uh, uh, Duke basketball today uh, tweeted out Pledge Allegiance with the, their their mascot waving a flag. They are all in, as they should be. It's the number one recruit in the country. It is the number one recruit in the country. 